This is Unclaimed Bands, show 161. Hey, listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight joining me all the way from uh, Vegas, right guys, you're from Vegas right now? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool, cool, I just want to make sure. Yeah, that way you're not in my backyard, and we're, I kind of walked over and had it. We're in Vegas, and, but we're in Los Angeles now, so. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's well, that's, that's the magic of this. You never know where anybody's at. Uh, but anyway, uh, I want to welcome you guys, and thank you for uh, taking time to uh, to do this interview with me. I know you're busy uh, working on some new music. And, uh, and, and, and obviously everybody out there, my guests are uh, Palais Royale. Uh, I love the name. And uh, we're going to get into that in a second here, but uh, why don't we let people listen to some of the music that you uh, that you have? Uh, what are we going to let them hear? I believe "Get Higher." All right, "Get Higher." That's cool. I like this song. All right, this is "Get Higher."
Alright, that was Get Higher. Guys, so I gotta start right down the road. Just tell me what your name is and what you do in the band so everybody knows who's talking. Hey, how's it going? I'm Emerson. I'm the drummer of the band. I'm Remington, and I'm the lead singer. And I'm Sebastian. I'm the guitarist and organist for Valley Row. Sweet. Well, it's nice to meet you guys, and I'm um, really happy that you can, uh, can do this. Um, tell me a little bit about that song, Get Higher. Um, the song we recorded about two years ago, and it's been getting us, uh, it got us a worldwide Samsung commercial, and it won us an MTV award. So, we're very proud of this song. Cool. I saw the commercial, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you about that, the MTV. Um, you guys won the March Madness. You were the first unsigned band to win that. Uh, tell me, yes. like, how did you guys get get involved with that? Since you were an unsigned band when when you were that, and like, what was that like when you found out you won? Uh, it was great. You know, we it was all, all because of the band. It was our fan base soldiers, the Royal Council. It was they got us nominated, and then they you know stayed home from school and just voted like every second of every day. So it was pretty much them. <laughs> nice. Who says can't good things can't come from uh, skipping school, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get us an award if you skip school. So. Well, that's got, that's got to be pretty amazing. I mean, being the first to do something like that. I mean, I, I got to think that it gives a lot of hope to other uh, other unsigned bands that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's yeah, still a struggle. For sure. What, what's that? It's still a struggle for sure, though, for any unsigned band. You have to do everything you can and try to the power that you know the purity of your art alive so that's obviously the hardest part so that's definitely something everyone needs to keep in mind so i mean do you guys still find yourselves uh struggling with that i mean obviously you're very you know very hands-on with uh, your music and your fans and, and everything to do with with everything of your band but is it still still do you find it to be getting a little bit easier or is it just that you've learned new things to do differently uh, it, Lately, it's been getting easier. Yeah, but you know, it it, it was definitely it's a difficult year. It's years of you know figuring out. Obviously, you have to take years of building your craft and not relying on a computer source to make your music for you, and learning the craft so you're honestly playing an instrument. You're not relying on backing tracks, and that takes you know I, that's what should always be the first thing. And then you have to be find your identity, find your style. And then from there, hopefully people like it. And then once you get to that point, you know, then you're fighting it against the major corporation of an industry to stay alive. And it's, you know, with, with the support of the fan base, that's the most important thing. And that is the most important thing about a band is the music and the fans. So, and the connection you have with them. Gotcha. And that's well said. Taking you guys back to 2008 when you started uh, the band, um, Tell me how it started, and uh, also how do you chose your name? Um, we didn't start. Power L started in 2011. Oh, okay. We started play, we started playing together though in 2008, um, and then now 2000, 2011 we uh, set on Power L, and it's the, the name is yeah. We picked the name to represent the New Age uh, youth movement. Yeah, it's it's just and more culture in, in the world instead of just just music or something. We wanted a modern youth revolution and uh, Palo Royale seemed to fit the bill. Okay. Uh, well, I, you know, back to what you just said there about a you know, new age and all that. In your, 
in your bio it says that you uh, said that you're a fashion art rock band. Can you go into a little bit into that, what you mean by that, and, and how that applies to, um, I guess, the, the overall image of the band? Um, I think we're one of the few bands in the past, you know, couple decades that have actually linked them. You know, obviously the 60s and 70s were around fashion style, faces of a band, and the image was a huge importance and relates mm-hmm. right next into the music. And I feel, as of now, uh, a lot of music has lost that. And obviously, you know, you had the Sex Pistols linking up with Vivian Westwood and you had all, you know, the Stones and all of that and Small Faces had their styles that were linked into it and even Velvet Underground with Andy Warhol. There was such a, you know, there was a culture put in between the music and the fashion that has been lacking. And obviously when you say, when you say rock band, um, you just don't want to be stereotypical for what rock is considered because rock is a huge genre. You know, you can classify yourself all the way from you know, into alternative, as in Nick Cave, Arcade Fires, rock kind of music, or you can go into the Stones, classic rock, or you can go all the heavy rock. So, obviously, fashion was just a thing to set us apart a little bit much more than just saying we're a rock band. Okay, okay, I see that. Now, is that was that some of the inspiration for some of your, your art films? I, I looked at uh, pretty much all of them, and, and I thought they were really cool. Yeah, um... Emerson, Remington, and myself uh, all contribute to putting the art film together. You know, we, we're hands-on with all the videos. We edit all the videos. We do all the set design, so all music videos. We, you know, storyboard everything out and, you know, it, produce the music. So. It's just about putting a imagery to the band and doing that through our favorite film. Yeah, I, I found I found a question. I saw a lot of different things in there. Like, I, I'd seen, like, the old footage of the... Uh, from the streetcar in San Francisco, I believe that's what yeah. that was uh, leading up to uh, yeah. the, the main the main port, and you know e- even older cartoons and some maybe some older films dribbed and drabbed in there, yeah. uh, kind of like almost we like subliminal. Dig- we were yeah, digging absolutely. through a lot of uh, like nineteen twenties and thirties French films, a lot of crazy weird things. <laughs> well, any, anybody listening out there right now, definitely go uh, check out their link uh, for that for their videos because they're they're actually pretty cool to see. Uh, you know, especially listening with as the backdrop of your, you know, your music. So definitely recommend that to everybody. Thank you. Hey, speaking of new music, uh, you guys are working on some stuff right now. Uh, c- c- tell me a little bit about that. When, when, you know, what are you working on? Is it an EP, record, full record, and, and what's, what's going on? With we're that? doing, we're doing a double album right now. Whoa! And yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of bit of an undertaking, but. Um, there's so much material, obviously, that's been created. We haven't released anything since Get Higher back in 2013, I guess. And so, obviously, it's been a lot of changing and stuff that has allowed us to create what we, you know, will know will stand the test of time in ours. And uh, we're very excited about it. We're just, we finished up pre-production, and I think we're loading in all the gear. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing it in this old 1927 speakeasy house up in the Hollywood Hills and it's going to be you know a really good time we're working with Nick Linnae who did Nick Cave and about these the AES and uh, uh, Arcade Fire and then John Travis he's done Buck Cherry and Sugar Ray and Social Distortion and um, and then Scott Spock who was a part of The Matrix so we're all having all these people on board and coming in and out and putting this record together and you know we've we've we brought it to this point now we've finally built the theme proper to make it as far as we want with this 
you know, sonically. So, when when do you uh, plan? Do you have any estimated time when you might be releasing that? We might be releasing um, the first part of album of album one probably in May, and then we'll release the full part of it probably midsummer, and then the second part of the whole album will probably be at the end of this year, beginning of next year. You know, it obviously depends on dates and such, but um, yeah, no, we're very excited about it. And we're excited for everyone to hear it. We just kind of, we just put together a live show with us at the house where we're playing. We uh, we built you know this kind of mm-hmm. club atmosphere into a room that was about a thousand square feet, and we built the room, packed you know two hundred and fifty people in there, and just played the whole new record. And um, it's it's been fun. It's been like getting you know fans kind of doing the full gorilla style of coming into a house and you know making it very underground once again and making it real so that's cool a lot of other people must yeah. really enjoy that over there to see that yeah it's just live rock and roll so it's, it's fun so always the best way always the best way yeah. um we'll tell you what why don't we take a pause for another song here and uh let people hear some more of your stuff uh what are we gonna let them hear this time uh, i believe it's morning light okay this is morning light
game. Alright, that was morning light. Guys, what's the best place for everybody to go so they can find out what's going on with the band and, and when you guys are going to be uh, be playing and, and when, when the record's coming out just so they can keep in touch? Um, uh, obviously, our .com site, but Twitter is our main source. That's, that's where our bread and, bread and butter is. What, what's the Twitter address? Any hyphens, anything in there? Uh, Twitter.com slash Palayroyal. P-A-L-A-Y-E then R-O yeah. Okay uh, Cool, now everybody out there you listening, you know where to go get the uh, go get the rest of the information so after you're done listening to this interview and not before go to the site so you can get everything else and check out the uh, the films as well too um, This one's for each one of you So what's the first record you remember buying? Mm. Um uh, the first record I remember buying was, I think, Shet's, uh Get Born album. Uh, that's when I kind of first discovered rock and roll. And then, it's a good way to discover it. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, obviously we we all grew up listening to Faces, um, and, you know... Like, the first album I bought. The first Jet. album was Jet. For me, I, I couldn't even... What's the first one you remember? I, the first one I remember listening to, top to bottom, was probably Exile for Rolling Stones and Remington. What was yours? Uh, I was, I think, well, maybe Black Crow. Oh, yeah. sweet. Cool. It's always interesting to see what people were doing before they were doing what they're doing now. You know what I mean? Or listening to. Yeah, no. You know, it's, there's always been a love and um, for what '60s and '70s has, but obviously, as Palyrell has grown, we've grown into you know being more influenced in five thirteen four elevators and uh, a little bit of Iggy Pop and Jimi Hendrix experience uh, and Small Faces, Bubble Underground, T Rex, Bowie. Everything that kind of was that era of yeah, that just influenced generations to come. So yeah, it's all, all. I mean, all. All you know. I hate the word classic uh, when we talk about music like that, but I mean, it's uh, it's it stands the test of time. Yeah. That's that's something it's that. Classic. You know, well, I mean, you know, unfortunately, classic ends up on a dial on a radio that it gets very quick into people thinking oldies. You know, so that's why yeah. I hate the word classic, but. It's just you know, it stands the test of time. It's not one hit wonders. But you can't go you can't go wrong with everyone listening to Zeppelin. It was classic rock, but that's what you know. That's that's what established generations. So. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I'm not saying to steer away from it. I just said I, I think I think we I think if we put our heads together collectively as music fans and and, and artists, we can come up with a better word than, than classic. You know, yeah, it doesn't absolutely. sound close to dinosaur. You know what I mean? And, yeah. It's, it's, it's pure art. That's all what it is. There you go. I think we. I think that's that's a good foundation. We can start working with that one. But uh, you know, something to put into the think tank. We'll get it out there eventually. Um, you know, for all the time you guys have been together before, we, you know, from two thousand eight and on up, and the transformations and everything. Uh, what's been the? Do you think has been? I mean, this is almost a no-brainer with the MTV thing. But I got to ask anyway, in case there's something else. What do you think has been the? Uh, 
the, like the biggest career moment for the band so far? Um, obviously, you know, I think people would think it was MTV thing because it solidified us into it, but it hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what, what we're doing right now, it hasn't been fully put out into the universe for the world to hear, but it's very exciting. It's exciting. We're exciting of what we've been able to create, and that's all because of, you know, our fans and what we've done and created. And But I think, you know, definitely a huge moment has been that we get we get stamps of approval from you know, artists like Paul Weller and Steven Tyler, and we got to go play Camp Freddy with Billy Morrison and Billy Idol and all wow. Courtney Love, and all these people are, you know, asked us to come and play with them because they respect what we're doing, which is a huge thing, you know? Yeah. So, we're, it's nice to see the people that, you know, generations for us that we love. Uh, yeah, Kim Fowley was our biggest uh, endorser, you know, and then sad to see him pass, but we were his last unfinished project. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, we, yeah, we were, Kim. We linked up through Rodney Dingenheimer at, from K Rock, and um, he, you know, put us in touch. We, me and Emerson, Emerson and I were in a soup uh, plantation. Soup plantation, and I saw Rodney Dingenheimer, and then he put me on the phone with Kim Valley, and then we became good friends with him. And then you know we we got to spend the last year with him, and it was it was great, you know, talking to him and his fiance about her life, you know, now that everything and his stories are fucking incredible. Yeah, so, you know, we, we, we've got to have a you know, look into what the, the generation we love, but from the man himself. That's extremely cool. And it's extremely sad about his passing as well, too. Yeah. yeah. Completely. You know, I, I, wow. Okay. Do you, well, you know, here's a question then, since you guys, you guys actually spend time with him all that, do you think, um, as some people have said in the movie The Runaways, he was unfairly uh, portrayed? Um, he yeah. was an eccentric and the most outrageous. Pretty accurate. It was, it was just like in person, you know. He, he was very lively for even being in his seventies. It was he was the character himself. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. It, it, the one of the things we we heard, um, one of the, the coolest things actually about for Kim was that. Kim's greatest production out of anything from Kiss, The Runaways, Alice Cooper, any of that, it was him doing, was, was just Kim Fowley himself, you know, that was building the character, building the character and the persona that has lacked time. It's pretty safe to say that he was one of the original uh, people who got the idea of making yourself a brand. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why he, I think, he gravitated to us. Yeah, it was so easy. And he saw what we were doing and trying to do again. And he really respected it. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, well, listen, guys, I'm going to, before we wrap everything up here, is there uh, anything special you want to say to your fans? I mean, you've, you've thanked them enough already, and, and, you know, obviously not even more than enough, but is there anything else you want to just say to them? Get ready. Get ready. Revolution's coming. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, look, I, I want to thank you guys for taking time to do the interview with me. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks also again for submitting on Reverb Nation. This is the only way uh, all the way out here on the East Coast. I'm going to see you guys until you get out of here. Do you guys tour out the East Coast yet? Have you done that yet? Uh, every once in a while. Every once in a while? We'll, we'll, be, we'll be going, we'll be in Toronto, though, um, on the 9th for Canadian Music Week with uh, Noel Gallagher and John Mellencamp and Orwells and Colby Calais and all these. You know, it's a huge festival there, so it'll be exciting. Cool. And when's that again? Uh, May 9th. May 9th. Uh, any other uh, any other big dates coming up you want to let everybody know about? 
Uh, there's some stuff in the works, but we will be able to announce them there. All right, sweet. And people can get them from the website, right, or Twitter? Yeah, website, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. All of them cover. That's very cool. All right, well, look, guys, I want to I want to thank you, uh, everybody out there. Uh, my guests have been Palais Royale. Uh, make sure you go check them out, and like I said, hit the videos and. And, uh, of course, go see them live, especially when uh, they start playing out again. Because that's the best way to go uh, go see music and buy music, too. Go buy from them. You guys still got a merch stand, I'm sure. And, uh, and everything else like that. Good luck with the double album, man. That's that's pretty ambitious. Thank you. Thank you, know? you very much. And, We're uh, very ambitious. That's good. That's good. I, li- I like seeing that, man. Really, I do. Um, you know, I hope, hopefully I'll get a chance to see you guys sometime in the future. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Until Thank next time. Thank you. Thank oh, you. You guys are welcome. Thank you. Uh, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands. See you. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of Unclaimed Bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.